Nurse practitioner Nicole Lind joins us each and every Tuesday at this time to help us better understand what we're eating, what it's doing to our body, what we shouldn't be eating. And uh, she is a nurse practitioner, and we always appreciate the insight and the access that she provides to us. Good morning, Nicole. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys? Not too bad. I, you, you always break down the myths and the reality. And I had somebody uh, mention that, hey, next time you get a chance, could you ask Nicole, is it true that people get oftentimes dehydrated in the wintertime because they don't realize that they still need to be drinking water? Is that something, is that uh, a myth or is that a reality? No, that is actually a reality. Eh? I mean, it's colder outside, right? And colder temperatures usually mean um, dry, drier, um, but we just don't drink enough because we don't have that insensible water loss like we do in the summer months when it's warmer um, or that trigger to, to drink fluids. Or if we are drinking fluids, we're relying more on like coffee, things that are warm, co- warm coffee or warm tea because it's cold outside. And when a beverage is caffeinated, you're not actually hydrating yourself. Caffeine is actually a diuretic, and so you flush more fluid that way, and you're not actually rehydrating your body by drinking coffee or tea. So, um, yes, no, that is true. And another thing that people a lot of times don't realize is maybe you are a really good water drinker. I had a patient this way last week. You're a really good water drinker, but you're still feeling thirsty all the time. You may be washing out some of your electrolytes with, you know, higher intake of water. Don't be afraid of adding like a little, a couple of dashes of pink Himalayan sea salt to one of your cups of water a day, just so it's just a little bit, you can taste a little bit of salt in the background. Um, That salt helps to keep the fluid in your vascular space versus leaching out into the soft tissues where it's not going to hydrate you necessarily. You you bring up a great follow-up question that I've wondered is, uh, there's so many different choices of water. And they're thinking like right. water with added wetness or something like that. So, uh, what what are some Extra things? Water. Right, right. What are some things in water that you do need that might be worth paying for, or something that hey, that's just you know water with extra wetness. That's just a, a, a crock, Doug. Right. You know, um, one things to stay away from are sweetened waters. You know, uh, that have added sugar in them. Obviously, we want to stay away from those kinds of things. Um, but electrolytes are uh, a great thing to put in. Carbonation isn't a bad thing. Sometimes some folks, you know, if they're trying to make a change from drinking less pop and trying to move to more water, um, just doing like a, a club soda or a seltzer, that kind of thing, um, as long as the um, there's not sugar in it, those are okay beverages to go to. Um, things that say electrolytes in them. Now, do you need to drink that electrolyte water every single time when you have a bottle of water or a glass of water? No. Um, but those things are, are worth, in my mind, putting into because sometimes, you know, people don't take multivitamins. And there are sometimes uh, some minerals or uh, trace minerals in those types of waters that you may be deficient in, and it might give you a little burst of energy. Um you know what? Plain old water, it, it, it was put on this earth for us for a reason to take care of us, and, and that's the way we should go more times than not. All right, we're talking with nurse practitioner Nicole Lind. So here we are, smack dab into the new year. A lot of people had resolutions and the such, and I feel like I keep seeing all these commercials for 
whatever weight loss product or whatever weight right. loss plan. But in these commercials, I mean, a 30-second worth or whatever, they tease a lot of people about insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. What? And what is that? Right? Yeah, exactly. What is that? What is that? I'm, I'm happy to see that a lot of mainstream media or different programs are starting to talk insulin resistant. 12 years ago, when Dr. Barry started Wellness District, um, it, nobody understood what insulin resistance was. Uh, we felt like we were salmon swimming upstream for a very long time, and there are still periods of time where we feel that way. But um, insulin resistance is, we need insulin first. Let's talk about what that is. Insulin is a necessary hormone that our body makes for us, and its function is to move glucose from the blood into our cells so that we can use the glucose for energy. Mm-hmm. When glucose is in the blood, it, it too much is a good thing. It can make us sick, and so that's why we have insulin to move it into our cells. Well, just that that statement is too much of a good thing, sometimes we overconsume the amount of glucose. Our body becomes, I guess if you will, intolerant to it, and your muscle and other organ cells start to kind of close their doors to the effects of insulin. They're okay. like, we don't need any more sugar. We need you to start burning body fat so that um, we can run um, more efficiently again. Well, the problem with that is, is now when the cells start to close their doors for business, there's no place for that extra glucose that we're consuming to go, and it stays in the blood. And now your pancreas is kicking out two and three times more insulin in the hopes it's going to get that extra glucose from the blood into the cells. Um, When there's elevated levels of insulin, we're going to be hungry. We're going to uh, store because insulin is a storage hormone. So we're going to store fat and insulin prevents the body's ability to burn fat. So if we want to burn fat, we have to lower our insulin levels. There's three macronutrients that largely con- uh, are, consist of our diet, carbs, fats, and proteins. Carbs are the main driver of insulin. Fat is flatlined. It doesn't cause an insulin response. Protein, a very delayed uh, blip. So it's, it's really quite inconsequential. It's always going to be the carbohydrates in all of its forms. So whether it's sugar or Carb, like complex carbs, that kind of thing, those are going to drive your insulin level. Now, somebody who's in good metabolic health can have more carbohydrates in their diet. They're tolerant to what they're taking in in their body. Um, people who are insulin resistant don't fare so well. They find that their weight escalates. You know, sometimes you hear people joke about, well, I look at that pizza and I put on weight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um if they're hungry all the time, if they're tired all the time, bloated, um, maybe they're starting to see their blood pressure start to increase, um, just no energy in general, uh, different things starting to manifest that they never had problems with before, that could be a sign that you're starting to develop insulin resistance. So you need to pay attention to your own body because you answered, <laughs> you must be reading my mind, can a person tell if this is happening to them? Yeah. Yep. Another good, so some metrics to measure for women, we want to see our waist measure under 35 inches. 
for men under 40 inches. So you're, if you're over that waist measurement, that could be an indication that you are uh, having some insulin resistance. Lab work, if you're fasting blood sugar is greater than 100, that can be a sign of insulin resistance. In your, lip, um, in your cholesterol panel, if you're good cholesterol, the HDL, and I remember that via H for happy, good mm -hmm. cholesterol, if your good cholesterol for women is less than 50 and in men less than 40, that can be a sign of insulin resistance. And then finally, triglycerides, which are a three sugar fat made from simple sugars, carbs, and alcohol, if that is above 150, that can be a sign of some insulin resistance. So usually the best, those are some indications, but then the best way to measure it is by asking for your doctor to draw a hemoglobin A1C or mm -hmm. glycated hemoglobin is another word for it, and a fasting insulin level because all of your labs could be normal. But if your fasting insulin level is out of range or optimally we want to see it less than five, if it's above five, that can be a sign that there's some insulin resistance happening within your body. And that's why it's more difficult to lose weight or we're having some other complications uh, peak. All right. So some interesting information for sure. Before I let you go, Nicole, we did get one question texted into the yeah. text. Uh, KFGO Text Club, uh, they say um, a lot of bottled water is acidic. Drinking high pH water is best, correct? So do you want high I, pH? They're they're just curious. I I don't know that if that, I can't speak to that. Honestly, okay. um, uh, if that is really true, I know they talk about the benefits of alkaline water. Um I I don't know. We'll I personally have to, don't drink it. Yeah, that yeah. would be a good thing for me to research this well, week and get back to you next week. There yeah. you go. We'll do that. And honestly, um, you know what? Save your money. Stop buying bottled water, right? Yeah. You know, the stuff <laughs> out of the tap is just fine. <laughs> just fine. All right, Nicole, it's great to talk to you. Have a great day. Where can we find Thank you if someone you has any it. questions? Um, you can find me. I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, or I work out inside of Wellness District over in West Fargo. 